Sang pinagpalang araw po, Lighthouse Family, Citygate Family, our lighthouse all over the nation and the nations of the world. Thank you, online community. Thank you that every Sunday, morning, afternoon, or kung anong oras man kayo nakakapanood, you're always faithfully showing up. Na hindi natitigil ang fellowship ng mga anak ng Diyos despite the quarantine and the pandemic that we are now currently going through. Maraming maraming salamat mo. We trust that you are all healthy and well and strong and looking forward to better days ahead of us. Thank you, Pastor Ivan, for your testimony on how you overcame COVID and the responsibility that we all have as a people so that we as a nation can overcome this together. Thank you, Pastor Nikki, for exhorting us to be faithful givers and contributors. We salute the workers of Lighthouse, especially right now that they are into community pantries, rolling community pantries that many people ang nakikinabang po dahil sa laki ng inyong mga puso at inyong kasaganaan ng inyong pagbibigay sa mga anak ng Diyos. Hindi po ito nakakalimutan at nakakaligtaan ng Panginoon. Thank you, Lighthouse Levites, na dahil sa inyong kagalingan, patuloy tayo nakakapag-worship kay Lord, kahit na pre-recorded for how many months ago na ang ating mga ginagamit ng mga songs. But this is good so that everybody gets to be safe. And at the same time, hindi po tumitigil ang gawain ng Panginoon. Lighthouse Media, our biggest salute for all of you guys for being the excellent people that you always have been. Today, my sermon topic, my sermon title is Our God, Our History Maker. Importante po ang kasaysayan. Ano po? Importante po ang pinag-aaralan natin ang kahalagahan ng kasaysayan sa buhay ng isang bayan, sa buhay ng isang tao. Speaking of history, meron daw mag-amang nag-aaway dahil na-receive na ng tatay yung exam card ng kanyang anak. O anak, bakit ka bagsak sa history? Sabi ng bata, tay, kasalanan po ng teacher ko po yun eh. Ha? Ang teacher mo pa ngayon ang sinisisi mo. And the child said, kasi po tayo yung mga tinatanong niya, lahat po yun nangyari nung hindi pa ako pinapanganak. <laughs> history is about things that are past. And it's good for us to look back and realize ano bang mga leksyon ng mga bagay ng mga nakalipas na taon. Ikangan ni Dr. Jose Rizal, ang hindi lumilingon sa ating pinanggalingan na hindi makararating sa kanilang paroroonan. Isa pang quote na gusto ko Dr. Jose Rizal, sabi niya, pasasaan ba ang kalayaan kung ang mga alipin ngayon, sila rin naman ang mga alipin bukas. Meaning, when we don't learn from the lessons of history, we are bound or condemned to repeat it. And that's why my dad would always explain to us, manood kayo ng news, magbasayo ka ng newspaper. Why? Because the news of the day is history tomorrow. Rose and I were just processing with the kiddos yung mga recent na pangyayari sa India, yung paglaganap ng COVID in their surge. And um, it has killed so many thousands of people. So let's be praying for them. But even the surge in Brazil and here in our own nation, we have to do our share. And this is something na pag-uusapan ng bayan for the coming years of our lives. Katulad ng pagkakwentuhan ng ating mga tatay at lolo tungkol nung panahon ng hapon, panahon ng mga Amerikano, we will have our stories to share. And I pray, ang ating maikikwento sa mga parating na salinlahi ay kwento ng katapangan, kwento ng pagkakaisa, kwento ng pagtutulungan, at kwento 
ng pananampalataya. Today, we also remember our laborers because yesterday, May 1, we celebrated Labor Day. And I would like to single out our medical frontliners. You guys, mga docs, mga nurses, mga medtechs, radiologists, hospital staff, ambulance drivers, salamat sa inyong pagpapagal. It's been more than a year now that you have just run the extra mile for the sake of the people of this nation. God bless you. But I also like to mention our commercial frontliners, our bankers, our flight attendants, our restaurateurs, our delivery drivers, our grab food deliver, delivery drivers. Salamat at because of you, patuloy na umiinog ang komersyo ng ating bayan. But I'd like also to appreciate our spiritual frontliners, our pastors, our elders, our ministry workers, the young and the old, that are doing things so that the people of the Lord will be ministered to, whether online or face-to-face -face or actual na pagbisita, katulad ng ginagawa ng marami sa atin. God bless you. The Lord sees the works of your hands and the Lord honors the intentions of your hearts. Shall we pray? Salamat, Panginoon, that you have filled your kingdom with people whose hearts are after yours. So today, Lord, as we honor our workers, we point the glory back to you, for you are the author of work. You have shown us how honorable it is, how value-laden it is, Lord, to engage in the works that are before us, to never be ashamed to soil our hands, to sweat, so that, Lord, we can provide for our families, we can expand your kingdom and bring back the glory unto you. Today, Lord, by your grace and by your power, we labor to understand your word so that at the end of this service, Lord, we will come out better in our knowledge, deeper in our appreciation of who you are, our God, who is our history maker. Come now, Holy Spirit, and teach us in the name of Jesus. Everyone will say, Amen. Pag-type naman sa ating mga chat box. Amen. Para malaman ko lang po na tayo ay nag-i-engage sa mga oras na ito. I have a rhetorical question for you, mga kapatid, and you can also answer that in the chat box below. How has a leader impacted your life, whether for good or for bad? Now, questions like this can conjure so many memories of influential people that, that came and went in your life. Mga leaders na talagang nakapagpabago ng perspektiba sa buhay. Or maybe leaders that bring out the worst, not necessarily the best in you. Kaya nga sabi nila kung merong mentors, merong tormentors. Pero hindi po may pagkakailan na malaki ang role ng isang leader sa buhay ng isang tao. Today, we're going, to talk, we're going to look at two leaders in the Bible as recorded in the book of First Chronicles. Please now turn your Bibles to the 11th chapter of First Chronicles. We will start reading from verses 1 down to 3. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Shall we read this together? All Israel came together to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even while Saul was king, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord your God said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel and you will become their ruler. 
When all the elders of Israel had come to the king, to King David at Hebron, he made a compact with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel as the Lord had promised through Samuel. Lord, may you add blessings to the reading that we just did and now to the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. What's the main idea that we can glean from these few verses that we have just read? Now, of course, we understand this in the bigger context in which it finds itself. But here's the point that I'd like to make today. David's history reflects the many pivot points that God had taken David through. If only to ready David for the ultimate call of his life. And my friends, God does the same thing to us. Si Lord po ay isang Diyos na alam niya kung paano tayo hubugin bilang kanyang mga anak. Kung kinakailangang pagdaanan natin ang ilang experiences, ito man ay mapait or matamis. Ito man ay kaaya-aya sa ating pantaong pagintindi or mga bagay na hindi kayang sakupin ng ating pangtaong paningin. But God knows what He is about and what kind of people we are to become if certain experiences are allowed by His will to happen unto us. And many things in our lives, mga kapatid, kung sasangayon po kayo, ay hindi it didn't make sense when it was happening right there and then. Dahil masakit, dahil mahabdi, nakakabasag ng puso. But if you'll agree with me, mga kapatid, now that you look back and they say, retrospect is 2020, meaning perfect vision ka na pag nililing mo na, then you realize you have now these aha moments when you now say, ah, kaya ko pala pinagdaanan yun. Dahil ito'y preparasyon sa mga pinapagawa sa akin ng Diyos sa pangkasalukuyan. Would you type amen or yes if you agree with this? You see, when I was in my early 20s, I used to be so frustrated with myself. Sabi ko sa sarili ko, I'm fast becoming the person I never wanted to become. And what was that? I was becoming a jack of all trades, a master of none. You see, when I exited the university, my first job was a researcher for a political organization who was pushing a certain candidate to be the presidential aspirant during the 1992 presidential elections. Hindi nanalo yung manok namin. So, tanggal ako sa trabaho. Then I became an NGO community organizer. Because I'm a political science graduate, I enjoyed it. Talagang pumapasok kami dun sa mga home along the realists, the poorest of the poor, the marginalized of the society. But then I realized, meron pa akong mga kapatid na nag-aaral and NGO work doesn't pay. And so kailangan sabi ko, magre-resign muna ako dahil ako ay meron pang mga obligasyon sa aming pamilya. And so I entered the corporate world in Makati. I became a national training officer of a pre-need company and that ushered me to the world of finance and corporate governance. And yet, hindi pa ako nag-iinit sa career na yun. I was recruited already by one multinational company that was into food manufacturing. So now, nasa plantang man ako sa Batangas. Ala eh. Abay, nag-iinit ako doon. But while I was just having my feet wet, ika nga, I was invited na naman by my fraternity brothers who were establishing their own real estate company. Time for entrepreneurship. Sabi ko, yes! Kailangan maging boss sa sariling kumpanya. And yet, the 1998 crisis happened, and so I ventured into, into life insurance, non-life insurance, into 
bonds and sureties. And then I was hired by a training consultancy firm and the frustration grew deeper. I said, Lord, I'm becoming a master of none. Hindi ako nag-uugat sa isang organization. I was just becoming a corporate butterfly. And this was in my 20s. Little did I know that at age 30, I was going to become a pastor. And as a pastor, God would now bring me to different organizations, to NGOs, to government institutions, to manufacturing companies, to real estate organizations, to life insurance companies. And now I understand their language because I once spoke that. I once was in the middle of their struggles that they are now currently seeing. Now I'm seeing the purposes for the things I experience, how God never wastes those experiences because all of those are like building blocks into becoming the kind of pastor or shepherd that I have become today. You see, my friends, God never ever forsakes or never wastes a thing that he has allowed for you to go through. He makes use of that so that you become the better person that God has always intended you to be. Now, balikan natin yung First Chronicles. What was happening here? You see, at the time, King Saul just died a very horrific death. King Saul was a king that was so far away from God. And so the favor of the Lord was not with him. And so at this point in First Chronicles, they were being routed by the Philistines. His son, Jonathan, ay napatay na po ng mga Pilistino. And now, Saul was convinced it was just a matter of time. Siya ay mahuhuli ng mga Philistines, and he never wanted to be abused by his conquerors. And so, kumuha siya ng kanyang spada at nagharakiri po siya. Kanya pong uh, hinigaan ng kanyang spada, and it stabbed him, and it killed him right there and then. Now, isang disgrace na nga po yung talunin ka ng isang mortal enemy. Mas malaking disgrace ng iyong hari, ang hari ng iyong bayan ay namatay sa pamamagitan ng pagpapakamatay or suicide. There was no honor in that. And so the Israel as a nation, Israel as a nation was without a king. And so the people started looking for David. But David at this time was nowhere to be found because if you remember, he had been a fugitive for 10 years. Siya po ay nagtatago sa mga kweba dahil nga po siya ay tinutugis ni Saul na naging selos, na nagselos sa kanya dahil si David was now an upcoming general and people were clamoring for his leadership over Israel. And so they found David in Hebron. Now, this is not stated in the Bible. But I think it's within reason, if I will now say, that David might, might lang ha, that David might have already grown apathetic towards anything that has to do with power. Maybe he, has, he had grown detached to any powerful positions because he had seen it firsthand kung paano ang isang hari katulad ni Saul ay nabulagan dahil lamang sa kanyang, kanyang covetousness na walang ibang makaagaw sa kanyang pwesto bilang hari. And maybe David was already at that point when he would say, Kung yan lamang ang dadalhin ng pagiging hari ng isang bayan, I, I don't want anything to do with it. But how was he convinced to finally say yes to the calling of kingship? Because the elders of Israel reminded David of the words of Samuel when the prophet Samuel anointed David when he was only 14 or 15 years old. 
And so the picture that I show you now, David yielded to the demands of the people that it was now his time because David was reminded, 1 Chronicles 11, verse 2, that the Lord God said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel and you will become their ruler. And verse 3 says, and they anointed David king over Israel as the Lord had promised through Samuel. And you can just imagine while David was kneeling down to receive the crown or to receive the anointing oil from the elders of Israel, you can just probably imagine how the imagination of David riveted towards a time so long ago when he was such a teenager, very naive, very much a shepherd boy, how in that fateful morning, pinatawag siya ng kanyang tatay dahil meron daw i-anoint ang propetang Samuel na isa sa mga anak ni Jesse. And he could just still remember that when he entered that room, Samuel, the prophet, stood up and he said, you are going to be the next king of Israel. And Samuel poured that oil of anointing to David. And David probably was just incredulous at the time. Hindi siya makapaniwala. <laughs> Magiging shepherd ng Israel. Hindi ko nga ma-shepherd yung mga tupa ng aking tatay. And right after that private occasion, occasion, what happened to David? He did not ascend to the palace. He went back to the fields. He was a nameless, faceless young man of Israel at the time. But now, 15 years later, narinig niyang muli ang paalala ng mga elders ng Israel na binigkas na ng propetang Samuel na siya ay nakatadhanang maging hari ng Israel. And so at the time, David made a compact with the people of Israel. And for me, that compact is pivotal. Why? Because I would call this the three-level nature of kingship or leadership. God is always the commission giver. The faithful and humble leader becomes the obedient executor of whatever it is that God would want to happen. And the people who submit themselves to the rulership of the king are the ones that give the affirmation of God's call towards their king. And as the people affirm the king, the leader gives back the glory to God, who in the first place gave the commission. So, at this time, God was transitioning Israel into the leadership of David. Now that we stand in the New Testament times, post-crucifixion, post-resurrection, now we know that it was through the lineage of David that God was going to establish the throne of Israel forever. And it was through the lineage of David that the Messianic King, namely our Jesus Christ, would be revealed into this world. God truly is a God of history. He makes use of the life of David. He makes use of the life of kings. He makes use even the life of the life, even of the evil kings that Pastor Leo talked about last week. If only to prove that even if man is unfaithful, God will remain faithful for he can never be untrue to his character. Now, let me give you a deeper context of the book of First Chronicles. I got this from the HTTP that is now being shown in the screen, and so you can just access this on your own time. But you see, today, we're going to talk about First Chronicles. Pastor Jonathan will speak more on Second Chronicles next Sunday. The book of Chronicles actually is a repeat of what you read in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. It's just a repeat of the content. But I'd like us to understand that 
the book of Chronicles were written after the exile. And that's why it came after the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. And then the chronicles were written as now people would look back. The chroniclers would now look back at the history, the very rich and colorful history of the nation of Israel. First Chronicles verses uh, chapters 1 to 9 would record stories all the way from the first man on earth, Adam, and all the way to the return of the exile after their Babylonian and Persian experience. That's why verses 1 to 9, you would, be, you would be bombarded with so many names of the patriarchs, of the exile returnees, and you'll say, oh, boring. But pagtsagaan niyo lang po mga pangalan yun. Unang-una, kung wala ka pang anak, may inspire ka sa pwede mong ipangalan sa magiging anak mo. But more seriously, if you look at these names, you'll realize that God can make use even of the most obscure of names to make His will be revealed in the lives of people. And sometimes, my friend, you can just say, sino ba naman ako para ako'y gamitin ng Diyos? Balikan niyo po ang Bibles. Maraming tao dun, they were also nobodies. They were also nothings. They had no prominence that the world would be impressed of them. But God makes use of the things that were not so great so that the greatness of God would be magnified. And you'll also realize that in First Chronicles, there was a focus on David because David would now be portrayed as the foreshadow of the messianic king that would soon to come. And David would also be the embodiment of the revival of priesthood in Israel as he, as the king, would now lead the nation into going back to the heart of God. But there are also certain things that were left out in the book of 1 Chronicles. Yung mga bagay na nabasa nyo sa 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, marami doon wala rin doon sa 1 and 2 Chronicles. For example, yung mga pagtago na David kay King Saul, yung detalye nun, hindi nyo mababasa sa 1 Chronicles. Yung adultery niya kay Bathsheba, yung murder niya kay Uriah, hindi nyo mababasa sa 1 Chronicles yun. But there are new materials that you will see in these books. Number one is David's zealous preparation for the temple and his detailed plans for the temple, which the Bible says, the Holy Spirit inspired unto him. Kay David nireveal ng Holy Spirit yung details ng templo, although hindi si David ang kakasangkapanin ng Diyos para i-rebuild yung temple. It was going to be his son, Solomon. So why this new material? Because again, to portray David as an image of the future Messianic king. Na itong mga haring tinitingnan natin, marami silang pagkukulang. Napakaganda ng preaching ni Pastor Leo last week. Marami silang kakulangan, marami silang pagbagsak, marami silang failures. But there's going to be another king that will appear in this history of Israel. And he is the spotless, blameless, sinless Lamb of God. Is going to be Jesus. Now, having said that, I'd like us to just appreciate that all throughout the Bible, God always makes use of agents of change. He will bring people to crossroads of choices, mga patriarchs, Abraham, si Moses, and to these people, he would show his powerful hand to Joshua, to Gideon, to Deborah, all of the judges, to Samson even, even the imperfect guys in the Bible. 
He would show them his tender, loving care. He would love on them. He would speak to them his words. He would reveal to them his laws until ultimately Jesus was given unto us so that whoever believes in Jesus would have eternal life and would never perish. Every generation, God raises a covenant people. And you, my friend, we, my friend, tayo mga kaibigan, kasali dyan sa covenant people that God has raised up so that through our lineage, through our testimonies, and through our obedience to the calling of the Lord, the glory of God will be revealed and the completed work of Jesus Christ shall be received by the people of faith until the days of the eschaton or the days of the coming end of days shall be revealed upon us. What was the problem during the time of David? The kingdom that David inherited was a fractured kingdom. Why? Because Saul was a king whose heart was so far away from God. Maybe because Saul started on the wrong foot. You see, ang, ang desire ng Dios, ang design ng Lord para kay Israel sana is to be a theocracy, meaning that God would be the king of this chosen nation. And God would speak to prophets and to judges and the people would follow the word of the Lord. But the people during the time of Saul started to look around and they started saying, hey, bakit yung ibang bayan may mga hari? Bakit tayo walang hari? And Samuel would argue with them, but God is your king. And people say, uh, no, we, we want a king, somebody whom we can see. And again, by the grace of God, Saul was given to them as their first king. But Saul's heart was reluctant. He was not the willing king. As a matter of fact, on the day that the prophet Samuel would now anoint Saul to be the king of Israel, he was nowhere to be found. He was hiding in the baggages. That just goes to show that he didn't want the position. He was not ready for the position. But then he became the king. And Saul proved to be a very self-centered, very selfish, very much jealous, very much insecure leader. And my friend, when you have a leader like that, even in today's time, it always spells disaster. An insecure leader can sabotage an organization. An insecure leader will always be threatened by subordinates who are good and promising. Insecure leaders cannot see the value of people because they'd always see them as threats to their position. I've been a consultant to so many different companies and I have heard that sad malady amongst many managers or vice presidents or even supervisors. When they would reason, but ko siya itetrain? Ikaw maging mas magaling pa sa akin yan. Di akong napalitan. Ako nawalan ng trabaho. Bata, ilang taon ng aking ginugol dito. Magdusa ka rin bago mo marating ang aking narating. No, no, those are the kinds of insecure leaders that we have. Right? Another problem of the time of Israel was that there was an utter absence of people's desire to inquire of the Lord. In the very words of David, when he became king, he said in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 3, he said, let us bring the ark of God back to the nation, for we did not inquire of it during the reign of Saul. So meaning, such malaise, such troubles can come to a nation when the topmost leader 
does not consider the counsel of God to be the most important thing that he could ever aspire for or receive from him. Kung ang leader mo ay talagang puro discarding niya lang ang gagawin, puro katalinuhan lamang niya ang kanyang pairalin, yung kanyang tapang lamang, yung kanya lamang pamamaraan ng masusunod, at hindi kung anuman ang kalooban ng Diyos. If people do not inquire of God, especially the spiritual leaders, it spells great disaster to the organization that follow them. So as a nation, there was an utter absence of God. We still have the same problem today, my friends. Many leadership models right now in our midst would dictate na basta meron ka lang master's degree, meron ka lang PhD, para meron ka lang mga diploma na nakahang sa yung mga bahay that's enough for you to be conferred the title of leadership. As a matter of fact, it becomes a source of the entitlement mentality of people. If I have the tenure, if I have the degrees, therefore I deserve to be treated more highly than you should treat the lower people under the ranks. We still have the same problem today. When the heart is unconverted, the Bible says that the heart is the most deceitful of all parts of the human body. From it come the wellspring or comes the wellspring of the different issues of life. If that heart is uncommitted before God, if that heart is unconverted to the ways of the Lord, it will bring a nation, an organization, a family, and yes, a church into utter disaster. God scanned the population of Israel during the time of Saul, and God proclaimed to Samuel, the time has come for me to anoint the next king, and the next king will be a man or would be a man after my very own heart. That's exactly what he saw in David. Now, what's the grace that we will see in the text that we just read today? What's the grace that we can discern and glean from the life of David, this man after God's own heart? Number one, the grace that tells us that even when nobody believed in David, God had always believed in him. That's grace, my friend. David, as I said a while ago, was the eighth son of Jesse. On that particular day, the prophet Samuel arrived in his town of Bethlehem, having been moved by the Holy Spirit to go into Bethlehem, into the house of Jesse. One of his sons would be the next king of Israel. Now, Samuel was the prophet. Pag dumating si Samuel, nagkakagulo ang isang bayan dahil siya yung kinikilalang propeta ng Diyos. Pag nagsilata si Samuel, alam nila may direct line si Samuel. Naka-LT yan, naka-4G yan kay Lord, mga kapatid. And Samuel appeared in the doorsteps of Jesse's house. And he said, Jesse, come have feast with me and show me your sons. One of them would be the next king of Israel. Now, if you're Jesse, would this be an exciting day? Would this be a day of honor for you? Hey, Tai, Daddy Jesse, ang isa sa mga anak mo ang susunod na magiging hari ng Israel. Oh, Rose and I were glued to the television during the coverage of the burial of Prince Philip, the husband of Queen Elizabeth. And the pomp and the grandiosity and the majesty and the royalty that just surrounded the royal family of England. It's just awe-inspiring. 
aspiring. Now, I don't know if you would like to become the, the husband of, of the Queen of England, but it sure is a position of, of so much good reputation. Now, again, if you're Jesse and the prophet Samuel would say, one of your sons would be the king of Israel, would you be excited? Oh, I'm sure you would be. And so one by one, ipinarada ni, ni Jesse ang kanyang anak. Oh, ito guapo. Siguro itong magiging hari, sabi ni Samuel. And the Lord says, no, I don't look at the outside. I look at the inside. I look at the heart. And then another one, the genius. Another one, the sports enthusiast. Another one, the academician. Wow. Seven sons paraded and the spirit did not move. And so Samuel had to say, wala na bang iba? And that was the only time that Jesse said, Oy, meron pa palang isa, pero uh, shepherd lang yun eh. You see, nobody believed in David. At such an important day in their family, his own dad forgot to call him. He was an afterthought. Sabi ni Samuel, hindi ako uupo hanggat hindi nyo tinatawag ang bunso ninyo. And so somebody had to run, I don't know how many kilometers away, and David was brought in. He was amoy araw, but he was rugged, but he was handsome. And it was during the time when Samuel saw this young David, 14, 15 years old, that the Spirit commanded Samuel, Arise, anoint him. He's a man after my own heart. It was a very private affair. But I don't know, nagselos ba ang mga kapatid? Ni David could be. Did it make sense to David? Maybe it did not. Did it honor Jesse? I don't know. Because David, of all, was like the bottom of the bottom. He was like the least in the totem pole. Hindi siya sundalo, hindi siya pare, hindi siya teacher. He was a shepherd, poor, lonely shepherd. Maybe Jesse was saying, Ang dami ko naman na, bakit naman yung shepherd pa ang pinipili? Even when nobody believed in him, God had always believed. In David. Imagine, nung si David ay pinatawag ng hari ng Israel. Why? Because at the time, Saul was being tormented by evil spirits. And somebody said, King Saul, I know of a young man. He's a warrior. He's filled with the Spirit of God. And whenever he plays the harp and the flute, or evil demon spirits or demonic spirits just fly away. They could not stand the worshipful heart of this young man. His name is David. And Saul said, yeah, come. Babayaran ko yan. And true enough, from that moment on, nawala na si David sa kanyang pagiging shepherd boy. Siya ngayon ay Levite na. Tagatugtog ng harp doon sa palasyo ng hari that every time he would be tormented by evil spirits, David would sing songs and that David would fly away, would flee. Now, do you think if that is how crucial your role is for the life of the King Saul, do you think King Saul would ever forget you? You would think not, right? Why? Kasi MVP mo to. Pangtanggal ng job to si David. But you see, the book in 1 Samuel would say that when David was already going to fight Goliath after having convinced King Saul that he would slay Goliath for the honor of the God of Israel. King Saul would say to his commander, who's that young man? Whose son is he? David had been working for Saul for so many years and yet he remained to be a nameless face. 
even when nobody believed in David, God had always believed in him. I'm talking to some people here today. Maybe that's a struggle of your life right now, and that's why the grace of God is coming unto you. In all your life, you've struggled with this thought that nobody knows me. Maybe I have no role in the kingdom of God. I am not this, I'm not like that. And maybe you have been succumbing, you've been suffering from the curse of comparison. Hindi naman ako kasing galing mag-preach ni ganito. Hindi naman ako kasing talino ni ganyan. Hindi naman ako kasing gifted ni ganitong kapatid. Maybe I, I, am, I am nothing. Maybe I, have, I am destined for nothingness in this world. Think again, my friend, because God believes in you. God has written your name in the very palms of your hand that even if your mother or your father forget you, those are the words of David because he understood how it was to be forgotten by his father. David would say, God will never forget you because he has inscribed you in the very palm of his hands. Think again, my friend. This is one grace that we are going to get from the story of the life of David. Secondly is that David endured the seasons of barrenness and seeming fruitlessness. That's why David is a psalmist. Look at this, Psalm 63. I just identified two or three psalms, the psalms of David. And it, was, it would say in Psalm 63, this was the psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah, meaning he was just alone, desolate. And Psalm 63 would say, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. David learned to rely on the Lord. When physically he was just parched, when he physically was hungry, but David knew who to depend upon. Not on the actual bread, although it would always be welcome, but he knew if God would be present in his life, God is better than life itself. He endured those seasons of barrenness and seeming fruitlessness. It's the grace of God that you can discern from the life of David. Psalm 34, again, a psalm of David. And some would say, when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he left. Verse 4 would say, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. David had this actual experience of acting up like a crazy person para lamang hindi siya patayin ni Abimelech dahil tinutugis nga si David ni King Saul. But David would write and sing this psalm. When I called on the Lord, he sent his angels and I was rescued. Psalm 18, again, a psalm of David. He sang to the Lord his songs when he was delivered from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Verse 3 would say, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. 
I cried to God for help. Oh, from his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. David is a classic example of a man who was never exempted from the pains, the heartaches, the heartbreaks of life. But it was in his lowest points of existence, when he was being chased, when he was being hunted down like a criminal, that he got to know the nature of God. That when everything seemed so impossible, God extended the rope of his life. The Lord saved him, saved him from the torrents that were threatening to engulf him. And now David could, in all conviction, say, the Lord saved me from them all. The Lord is speaking to you, my friend. Because you feel like nobody believes in you, nobody knows you, and you're going through the season of barrenness and fruitlessness. The Lord will cause a song to rise out of your, of your heart, to come out of your lips, that in these moments of your life, in these lowest points of your life, in the midst of this pandemic, one day you will look back and you will say, these were the times when God caused in you such a song that, that deeply and firmly convicted you on who God is. And that song will minister to people for a long, long time for the coming years of your life. But you see, after all these things that David went through, in the perfect time of the Lord, there was a public acknowledgement of who David was truly called to be. The people came in unison and said, you are going to be the shepherd of Israel. There came an acknowledgement that when you were the general of Saul's army, you won so many battles. David must have smiled at the thought. When he thought that all the things he did, mukhang walang nakaka-appreciate, walang nakaka-alala, but then, then, now he realizes many people appreciated that. Many people knew of that. And it, was, it just came in time for him to realize in all these years, in all these times, God never forgot you. God never abandoned you. God never turned his back on you. And all of these things that you did, God stored it up in his memory. And you're going now to get the rewards of your faithfulness. Another grace that you can discern from this text recording the life of David is this, that while insecure leaders are threatened by promising subordinates, strong leaders attract and retain strong allies. David was the prime example of a frontline leader. There's this list in First Chronicles about the mighty men of David, people of war, people of competence when it comes to war and the art and the science of warfare. Why were they attracted to David? Because David was a giant slayer. But David was also a man of honor because the Bible records there were many times when David could have struck Saul to death, but David would say, never touch the anointed of the Lord. The Lord put him there. The Lord would be the one to take him out, but not me. It, it, it won the respect of so many warriors towards David. And that's why in 1 Chronicles 12, 22, it says day after day, men came to help David until he had a great army like the army of God. These are the numbers of the men armed for battle who came to David at Hebron to turn Saul's kingdom over to him as the Lord 
had said. No wonder when David became king, he became the winningest king Israel had ever seen. Bawat giera na pasukan ni David, he would win because he had the anointing of the Lord to be the warrior king that would expand the kingdom of Israel during his time. And last grace that you can discern from this text is that it was through David that the kingdom of priests was restored. A kingdom where people sought and inquired of God. Wala time ni Saul, but when David became the king, ang una niyang priority, bring back the ark of the Lord so that we can inquire of it. David was the instrument of the Lord to raise up a kingdom of priests. He was a king who exemplified passionate worship unto God. So when finally the ark was being brought back to Israel, to Jerusalem, First Chronicles 15.25 would say that as the ark of the covenant was entering the city of David, verse 26, David was dancing and celebrating unashamedly. And First Chronicles will record that Michal, his wife, the daughter of Saul despised David. Ikinahiya ni Michal na si David was just like celebrating in utter abandon to worship the king. First Samuel or Second Samuel chapter 6, nung magkumpruntahan ni mag-asawa, sabi ni Michal, nakakahiya ka, sayaw ka ng sayaw sakali. And David said, it was before the Lord that I was worshiping. And so, sabi niya, I will celebrate, I will even become more undignified than this, I will be unashamed in my own eyes. That for me is passion. He was not only a warrior, he was a worshiper. And lastly, David was the kind of king that prepared the next generation for the rebuilding of God's temple of praise. David knew God made it so clear to him that he was not going to be the one to build the temple. Because his hands had blood, it was going to be his son, Solomon. And so what did David do? Yaman nilamang hindi siya magtatayo. Pero hindi naman sinabi ni Lord na hindi siya pwede mag-prepare. So lahat ng timber, lahat ng gamit, lahat ng gold, lahat ng pera, hinanda na niya para kay Solomon madali na ang buhay. Pati yung planong dinownload sa kanya ng Holy Spirit, ipinakita niya na kay Solomon. And David could only exhort Solomon, be strong, my son. Have a loyal heart. Have a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the thoughts of men. Solomon, David would say, if you seek him, he will be found by you. Verse 10 of 1 Chronicles 28, he says, Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. It was not just a motivational speech. It was backed up by preparation. Because David knew Solomon was young. Solomon was inexperienced. He needed the mentoring and the preparations of a conscientious father like David so that the next generation would not be consigned to failure. Oh, my friends, as I end, how is the grace of God revealed to us right now in our times? So many ways, my friends. I'd like to assure you now, my friends, that just like in David's case, that seed of faith that was placed in you by the Lord, it is an incorruptible seed, the Bible would say. And God will call that seed to life in his most perfect time. 
Maybe today is your season of being tested. Maybe today is your season of being sharpened. Maybe this time is your season of being stretched, just like David did. What's the timetable? I don't know. Just have to put your faith that God knows what he's about. And God trusts you more than you trust yourself. Hindi kami namalas, kapatid. I'm speaking this to a brother right now. Hindi kami namalas sa buhay nito. Pinapadaan ka lang ni Lord sa hinangan ng kanyang karakter. In the firmness of character. So that you can come out of this as the man that God has always intended you to be. You already have that incorruptible seed in you. I'm speaking to you, sister. Because maybe this sickness that you are into right now, that you're experiencing right now, is trying to tell lies to you na kinalimutan ka na ng Diyos sa tapos na ang mission mo sa buhay. Kapatid, rebuke that spirit of infirmity and rise in faith that you have this incorruptible seed in you, a calling from the Lord to be the intercessor in His kingdom to be a leader for his people, to be a, a discipler of God's people. That is something that the devil can never take away from you. So the devil will just try to tell you lies to disable you from fully partaking of the fullness, the optimum benefits of that calling in your life. But again, even when you fail, even when times there are times when you would be unfaithful to God because sometimes humans as we are, napapanigan tayo ng mga takot at mga agam-agam. God will remain faithful to you, my friend. That is grace to you based on the word of God. Habakkuk chapter 2 would say, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, just wait for it. It will surely come. It will not tarry. It will not delay. Sa pangtaong kaisipan, akala mo nadidelay ang dating ng grasya ng Diyos. But not for Him. It will come at the perfect time of the Lord. Another grace that is for you, mga kapatid, is your life's narrative is a magnet to those who are seeking the answers that you already discern from the Spirit of God during your times of wilderness. Nung ikaw ay dumaan sa samutsaring mga problema ng buhay, at doon mo narinig ng napaka-linaw ang boses, ang salita ng Diyos. Kapatid, it is for a reason. Because your life is now going to be used by God as a magnet for people still searching for the answer. This is the power of your testimony. And now you realize, kaya pala, pinayagan ng Diyos na mangyari yung nangyari sa akin. Five years ago, I lost my first wife, Bing, to cancer. We just celebrated and honored her memory a few days back, fifth anniversary, fifth death anniversary. When it happened, I didn't know the reason why it had to happen. I was the most brokenhearted. My children were beside themselves with grief. We didn't know why. But now looking back five years after, now I know why. So many reasons why. Because this world is filled with broken people. This world is filled with grieving people. People who don't have a good theology of death and the afterlife. Having experienced the pain of losing a loved one. Now I can look at the eye of somebody who just lost a loved one and to tell that person, weeping may come in the night, but rejoicing will come in the morning. I have lived through it 
God will see to it that you will live through it as well. God has allowed me the, the privilege of falling in love again with my rose. And I tell people who have grown hopeless in their love lives, matanda na ako, wala na akong pag-asa sa mga ganyang bagay. And I tell them, it's never too late. If it's God's will for you, wait. Allow the plans of the Lord to unfold before your life. And it will happen as the Lord has spoken it. Your life now becomes a magnet to those who are seeking the answers that you already have received when you were in the wilderness seasons of your life. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 1 says, God comforts you in all the tribulations so that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort that we ourselves were comforted by God. And so lastly, another grace that God would want me to speak to you right now is this. As you go through this crucial cross points of your life, just humble yourself before God. Accept His pruning. Remain in His love. He will lift you up in due time. 1 Peter 5 would say, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Cast your anxiety on Him because he cares for you. Now is not the time to throw in the white towel. Now is not the time for you to wallow in self-pity. Kawawa naman ako. Bakit magkakagalit ng buhay ko? Siguro talaga ako ay pinagtatampuhan at tinalikuran ng tadhana, kinalimutan na ng Diyos. Now, my friend, no, no, no. Now is not the time to do that. Put your faith in the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. Give your life to Jesus. Serve Him with all your heart. Remember the words that were spoken unto you when you became a born-again believer. Remember the promises of the Lord that were given to you every time you would open the counsel of the Lord, the living Word of God, the, word that were, the words that were impressed upon your heart by the Holy Spirit of God. Now reveal, now ask the Lord to reveal unto you His majestic will for your life. As you continue to humble yourself before Him, place yourselves in the mighty hand of God. Lord, kayo ang makapangirihang Diyos ng aking buhay. Inililaga ko sa inyong lahat ng aking mga bigatin, lahat ng aking mga pag-worries, lahat ng aking mga anxious thoughts. Because now I am reminded, Lord, you care for me. My friends, there's a glorious ending to all of this. To those that believe in God, the glorious ending has already been foretold. You know the beautiful epitaph of David? You can find it in Psalm 78, verse 70 down to 72. It says, God chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people Jacob of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart with skillful hands, he led them. God is the kind of God, is the kind of father who could take out somebody like David from the sheep pens and bring him to the palace. God is the kind of God that can take a Jojo Baldo from the simple life in summer, from the long and winding road in his 20s to bring him, to bring me to where I am today. God is the kind of father that could take my beloved Rose 
to the many arduous paths that she had to take when she went to the U.S. of A. Only to be called back by the Lord and be with me in this season for the rest of her life. God can do the same thing to you, my friend. You can take Psalm 78 and replace your name there with the name of David. He's the God that can enable you. With integrity of heart and with skillful hands, you can lead the people of the Lord. As you confess that it's only by his grace and glory that all of these things are made possible in your life. If you haven't asked Jesus to take over the throne of your life, to sit in the very core of your heart, why didn't you do that right now, my friend? Let's say this prayer, shall we? Lord Jesus, thank you for everything that you have done for us. You are the seal. Your blood is the seal of what we've always known about the Father in heaven, that he is such a loving, gracious God, that he has given us you, our Lord Jesus Christ. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and without you, we are absolutely helpless. But because of you, Lord, we can dream of beautiful days ahead. Not because you are going to just materially prosper us, although you can always do that. But more so, Lord, because you have prospered our souls. And you are now imparting upon us a life that is driven by a divine purpose. And that is to glorify you and your name forever and ever. Lord, thank you for reminding us today that just like David, you haven't forgotten us. That just like your narrative for David, you're also writing our history, your story in us. That Lord, every pain we've gone through, every brokenness that we have experienced, and every high and every mountaintop that we've experienced, you are using all of these, O oh Lord, to point our hearts back to you. So not to us, never to us, but to you alone be all praises. And so, Father, I pray that today you take over our hearts, Holy Spirit. Take hold of the heart of my brother and my sister. And let this day be the beginning of a life that is lived in covenant with you. A life that is lived for the glory of Jesus, our King. In his mighty, most precious name, we pray. Everyone will say, Amen. My friend, if you are desirous to grow deeper in your walk of discipleship, we have the numbers below. Text, contact us, leave us a private message, or you can join us in our Zoom prayer room right after this service. We will be so happy to meet you face-to-face, -to, -face, to pray for you, and to pray with you. I pray, mga kapatid, that this day, this service has been a blessing to you. So would you lift up your hands right now for the benediction. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance towards all of you. And yes, may the Lord grant you His peace. As we proclaim that He truly is our God, our history maker. So to Jesus alone, be all praises and honor. Everyone will say, Amen, Amen, 
Amen. See you next Sunday. Drop us a note. We'll be so happy to pray for you. Stay healthy. Stay strong. Bye.